Well, hey, what is going on, Liberty fans? My name is Nick Kirby, and welcome to the AC of Red live podcast. Uh, this is the basketball edition. Our show is presented, as always, by Jason Porter Real Estate, covering all of your residential needs in Lynchburg and beyond, and Ironclad Coffee out of Richmond, Virginia, as well. I am joined once again by my co-host, the Dr. William Matthews, uh, Will. Tough loss yesterday, but how are we feeling? All right. We're having a good time. Uh, yeah, I feel fine, uh, especially after the uh, Kennesaw State loss. Um, that helped things out a little bit. A uh, loss never feels good, but uh, just knowing that you know we're still at, at the top of the standings and it still comes down to that matchup against Kennesaw State made it a better day. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, with you as well on that. We'll get into the games here in uh, just a minute, but uh, coming up on tonight's show, we do have our guy Kyle Rudd checking in here in a few minutes. Uh, and then we're also really excited to have Coleman Crawley, a uh, really cool guest. Uh, he's going to talk about his journey across the country. He's checking out a bunch of mid-major hoops and uh, really cool, putting a lot of love on them and, and spotlight. Uh, and uh, I just did an interview with uh, Bobby Bones. Do you know the name Bobby right, Bones? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, hopefully we're not too big of a, uh, slide down from that but we're excited to have him on and uh rumor is he's going to be coming to uh liberty arena next week uh but before we get started if you are watching tonight on youtube please take two seconds hit that like button and while you're there subscribe to you see a red channel posting all kinds of great content press conferences all that kind of fun stuff and you see a red podcast is also available on apple Podcasts, spotify and soundcloud be sure to subscribe there as well um so let's jump into it, Will. Uh, the first game was kind of a mixed bag. Um, uh, Liberty um, against uh, Austin P. Um, I mean, I mean, you know, they won by twelve, so it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to uh, be too upset about a double digit one on the road. But mm-hmm. Liberty did allow forty seven points in the second half. Um, this ended that famous or famous to me only streak of under one point per possession. We'll get to Lipscomb here in a second, but my real quick thoughts on this is I was more, if I was more disappointed over the last week, I was more disappointed in the second half against Austin P than I yeah. was with the Lipscomb game overall. Yeah. I wondered if, you know, anything, because, you know, they went scoreless like the last six minutes in that game. And it could have been a lot closer if they had not gotten into the double bonus a little bit earlier. And they were still getting to the free throw line. Um, but, I, you know, I wonder if some of that may be carried into the next game uh, because, you know, well, we'll talk about that game in, in just a little bit. But, hey, going on the road, uh, coming off of that four-game stretch where you played some tough opponents and, and maybe one of the harder stretches of the conference season, to go to Austin P, a place that nobody in a Liberty uniform had ever played, um, and it looked like a, a pretty good crowd there. Uh, you know, happy to come out with the double-digit win, but yeah, not not too greatly impressed with the second half. It was such a weird game because Liberty was just so dominant defensively in the first half. I think they went, I think Austin P scored like five points with the last like eleven minutes of the first half. Uh, and the second half, it just you know, I, and, and again, I think it's it's human nature when you're dominating a team like that to, you know, maybe let up a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't know if it, 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 uh, 
leaked into the next game or not. Um, I, w- I will say, and we'll, we're going to play a little bit of his press conference here a little later. <laughs> Richie McKay was way more, I don't want to use the right word here. <laughs> it was way more like, seemed more frustrated after the Austin P win than the yeah. loss. Uh, so kind of, kind of match that, but, but anyways, Lipscomb 69, 64 winners over Liberty. Um, and it was just one of those games where, um, you know, the shots weren't, weren't falling. Um, you know, McGee and Rowe combined to go 10 for 30. That's not going to happen very often. Um, and, and the, the weirdest stat in this game was Liberty was only, uh, 13 of 29 inside the arc. And that's one of Liberty's strong shoots. They're top 20 in the nation and two point field goals. I don't know. It, it kind of, the, my biggest takeaway from this game is it's really, really important to get home court advantage in the Aceland tournament because it feels like this type of performance is not going to happen often from Liberty, but if it does happen, it's probably going to be on the road. Yeah, I think Lipscomb probably played one of their better games. I mean, Boyd and um, I can't think of his, his name right now, but they just got on a roll and, you know, Boyd was just shooting lights out from three. It took maybe one of their best efforts of the year and one of Liberty's worst efforts to only squeak out a five point win. You see the uh, the 18.7% turnover rate. That was one thing that they had really cleaned up and it kind of came back a little bit and, and got them in this game. And that did not help any. Yeah. I don't think Liberty played terrible in this game by any means. Uh, they, they did actually play pretty, they played really good defense down the stretch to kind of give themselves a chance. Yeah. Um, just couldn't hit that, that bucket to kind of to, to draw even or to, to put more pressure on Lipscomb. But, how about Colin Porter, man? Uh, just so consistent. Even in the the Austin P game, where he, you know, didn't score until he got to the line late in the game. But I think he has set a record for um, alley oop assist. I, I don't know yeah. what the, the Liberty record is, but he he's in there for that. It's yep. fun to watch. Yep, yeah. Porter's been very impressive. And then, of course, we do have to mention Darius. We it was a formality at this point, but nonetheless, he yeah. did break uh, Carl has LU record. Uh, of scoring um, just an incredible career and the whole, the whole notion of, well, he's had, he's had five seasons that do it. Uh, I don't know how many shots Carl has had because I don't think we even have that number, but he's had, he still has less shots than Larry Blair took. Um, I, I don't, I don't know hey where now, to watch it, watch it, but, but several of the guys these past, <laughs> he's taken less shots than they took. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you have to like, kind of I think give a little bit of a caveat with that of yeah he's had you know five years but he's also played in a system that doesn't really you know get most dudes a ton of shots um on on any given night yeah and I you know I don't know we you know in Richie's system um you know you're gonna have to earn your way into that starting lineup and you know Colin Porter is is one of those guys you know Richie's real big on you know like wait your time your time is gonna come you're gonna have to wait for it uh, you know, Darius kind of was that his freshman year. Um, I would like if any of the old geezers are watching tonight, tell us about it in the comments. You know, was Carl Hess playing as a freshman? And we know that he was probably playing against maybe they, lesser competition. You know, they were they were not D one. They were yeah, yep, N C C A A the the double C. And then I think they moved up to Division two his senior year. So yeah, and not to take away from anything that. That Carl Huss has done, but don't come I after think us, Dar- Carl. 
Yeah, I think Darius had a, a, a different route that uh, I think maybe makes it a little bit more impressive. Yeah. All right. Well, we will get into more around the ace sun uh, a little bit later on on tonight's show. But let's go ahead and bring in our guy, Kyle Road. All right. We are joined now by Kyle Road and Jason Porter, uh, proud sponsor of the ACO. I hope he's a proud sponsor. I guess I, I should ask him that. Uh, but Jason, how are we doing tonight? I'm good, guys. How are y'all doing? Doing well, good, doing man. well. All right, Jason, take it away. Indeed. Still a proud sponsor, I promise you. So good to see you guys tonight. Um, Kyle, I hate to go uh, glass half empty, but you know how, how it always works out. Usually when we start talking about uh, stuff, you, you heard the guys talking about the Lipscomb game earlier. And nothing really to add to that. I think uh, I would just ask you, um, it, it seemed like, especially in the second half, Lipscomb pretty much played out of their mind. Uh, one of the better games that it seems like they've had. As you guys look back, I know it was a short film study probably to just look back and see what you needed to sort of clean up. Did um, anything jump out to you? Anything that you specifically kind of felt off? I know in looking at the stats, the bench points were down, I think only about 16 points from the guys off the bench, which is unusual. Um, but uh, as you look back, anything about that game necessarily kind of feel off to y'all? Yeah, 100%. And I think uh, anytime you play a good team on the road, uh, the margin of error shrinks and uh, we feel, felt like we kind of beat ourselves a little bit. Um, I think we had too many turnovers in the first half, had some great looks at the rim um, and from three, just didn't go down for us. And at the same time, they hit some big shots when it mattered and you got to give them credit. They played, they played really well, executed their game plan and, and uh, wasn't our best effort. So uh, kind of disappointed about that. But at the same time, man, like, not the last game of the season. We got a big week in front of us, man. And we're going to take it uh, one day at a time and uh, get better tomorrow at practice. Yeah, Kyle. Uh, somebody once told me that emotions make terrible drivers, but are good passengers. Um, I use that in my sermon today, by the way. So thank you okay. for that. Yeah. What's the what's the uh, what's the emotions? You know, coming out of the Austin P game where you guys, um, you know, kind of had a big lead at the top, and then the second half stalled out a little bit. Uh, were you guys just happy to get away from there with a win? And, and I know you guys had never played there before. And then, you know, what is the what is the atmosphere in the locker room like after um, like a tough road loss like Lipscomb? Yeah, 100 percent. That first uh, Thursday game felt like we did a great job in the first half um, being physical, contesting shots, forcing some tough ones. And, and we were really flowing offensively. I think Colin had probably felt like 10 assists in the first half. Uh, <laughs> I know he ended the game with nine, so it, that couldn't have happened. But. Uh, no, it was really good for us, and they they did a good job in the second half executing some stuff. Credit to them. They were hitting some tough shots off the bounce, off the catch. So uh, we felt like we cleaned that up on Thursday Thursday night and Friday, and uh, we're super excited for another opportunity to compete at Lipscomb on Saturday, man. And um, after a loss like that, um, where you feel like you didn't play your best but had a chance to win, um, it's, that's all you can really ask for. So. Uh, disappointed kind of by the outcome of being one and one on the road, but at the same time, we got a veteran group, man. And uh, we've all, we've all kind of been through this before. I remember uh, just having my own cuff in the locker room yesterday, talking about that 30 and four team when we had lost to Lipscomb last game of the regular season. And that kind of, you kind of go into the conference tournament on a loss and you're like, that stinks. But at the same time, it's like how you respond the next game, the next practice. Uh, is really what we're focused on. Yeah, we also probably should have pointed out earlier, Joseph Van Zandt also only played 10 minutes in this game, which he's such a huge part of of uh, of what you guys do. 
Um, should have mentioned that as well. Um, so, so hopefully he can be healthy and uh, uh, back in the lineup on Thursday. Kyle, did you kind of get the same sense that I did it, maybe where, oh yeah, home court advantage in the ASUN tournament is really big because it feels like these games when, when you guys have had like the off games, it feels like they're more often than not on the road versus at home. Yeah, I think I think it's super indicative when you look at people's records, right? Like I think Lipscomb's one loss at home on the season. Uh, think about Jacksonville's home court win streak that they had, and uh, we feel like we have the best fans in the conference in Liberty Arena when that thing's packed out. And uh, coach says it all the time: a good good home court advantage is good for six points in a game. And um, so, <laughs> whether that's true or not, uh, you definitely love playing at home more than you do on the road. But at the same time. Uh, we feel like we're a tough team, man, and wherever we got to win, that's where we got to win. So hopefully it's Liberty Arena, but at the same time, if we got to go to somebody else's place and get a win, we feel like we can do that as well. Now, Will, there was another Coach McKay quote. I, I'm, I'm interested to see how you may work that one into a sermon. That may be a little tougher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Six extra bodies on Sunday morning. I don't know. But anyway, um, Kyle, with uh, with Eastern Kentucky coming in, I know we don't uh, we don't harp on the whole revenge game thing, but obviously they put together um, a pretty good scout on y'all last time that caused a little bit of uh, havoc and shooting four twenty three from threes, which you know again very uncharacteristic of us, and we'll kind of have those have those type of games. But uh, just curious, uh, thankfully the the loss side of the game film was a whole lot thinner than the win side of the game film. But um, how do you guys break that down? You go back and and look at what opponents have done that have kind of tripped you up and made some corrections uh, that are that are not, uh, not obvious or how do you all break that down yeah i think that's kind of the best part about playing on uh, teams twice in the conferences the first time uh, we were on the road like you said at eku and, and then you get a chance to play them at home in front of your fans again and we got a tough one on thursday night against bellarmine as well so uh, we're definitely uh, not overlooking that whatsoever you know we know how uh, solid they are and uh, excited about that opportunity but yeah no i think um, our coaching staff does an unbelievable job of in-game adjustments, after-game adjustments, uh, and sometimes on those quick turns where your prep Thursday to Saturday is only one day. Um, they're they're elite, man. So trust them for sure, and super excited for both opportunities this week. Cal, you kind of got right into what my next question was going to be, but you got a rematch with Bellerman. How tough is it? to I, I know you guys can say all the right things about and, and Bellarmine has certainly played a lot better since you played them but when you play a team that you did beat handily how how difficult is it preparing to to have that same intensity uh to be able to hopefully repeat the same the same result yeah I think every game is different right like every game will start zero zero and um no matter what happened the last game you don't pick up that score so I think for us it's it's we're super super locked in on the game at hand and and focused on uh really our scout what we need to do to win that game that day and and like you said teams are playing different some guys might be out some guys might be playing better than they were before and and so everyone's different and we know um they have a really good culture uh and that 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 really uh is uh we we feel like we have the same culture as well so super excited to play them on thursday man be good hey that uh Lipscomb game, you know, early on, you guys lose Darius and, you know, uh, JV for, for just a little time. Talk about leadership in that moment. What is your role in that? Because, 
mean, you're over there and you see that your best offensive weapon and your best defensive player are both on the bench. And now you guys kind of have to piece it together a little bit. Um, you know, just talk about that kind of that moment um, where both of those guys are out and, and you guys have to uh, keep playing. Yeah, really, really at that point, man, you really have no idea. Just kind of next man up. We feel super confident uh, in our depth and uh, Peeves did a great job coming in right there. And um, Zay, uh, so I have unbelievable confidence in them and felt like we did a good job. I felt like Colin did a really good job touching the paint early, had a couple lobs to Blake and I uh, feel like we're a super well-rounded team, man. We can play uh, in multiple different ways and, and Darius is obviously a big part of that too. So when he's not on the floor, uh, we obviously want him to get back on the court, but at the same time, man, we have a great group of guys that can play together and are smart and we'll, we'll figure it out. So Kyle, you guys are at the last month of the season here in February, and uh, the running joke in sports medicine used to be you switch from athletic tape to duct tape at this time of year, you know, just trying to keep everybody together. And Aaron Schreiner, the athletic trainer, Rob Warren, the strength coach, do a great job. Any any adjustments at this point in the year for recovery or anything that you guys do a little bit different just because the, the games are starting to, to uh, add up at this point? Yeah, I think really just double down, man. Double down on your routine, uh, making sure you sleep sleeping making sure you're eating right kind of the most basic things in the world at the same time they make a, they make a big difference and uh shrine and coach horner are phenomenal uh coach always does a really good job of being mindful of our practice time and uh mental health and academics like that work-life balance uh he does an unbelievable job with that so always feel like our teams are are primed up this time of the year and i uh, think this one's going to be the same well kyle uh you know, big game for Darius against Lipscomb. Uh, broke the uh, the Liberty scoring record. Uh, were you guys aware of that? As as Chad asked, and you know, ha have you ever had any interactions with um, with Carl Hess? Has he been around the program since you've been there at all, or um, or you know, what is your uh, thoughts on him? Yeah, no. So uh, Coach actually told us kind of before the game, like, hey, Darius is, I think it was nine or something points mm -hmm. away. Uh, so we were all super excited for him. And, and the coolest thing about Darius was like, you never know. He's about to break the scoring record for the school history. And he's so humble. and uh, He's done an unbelievable job of handling all that, man. Like he's truly been one of the best teammates I've got the opportunity to play with. Uh, and in the game, honestly, I didn't even know what shot it was until I, until I saw it on Instagram or something after the game. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> so that was pretty wild. But and then, uh, no, I, I haven't I haven't got to meet Carl yet. I've heard he's a great guy. Um, just heard some unbelievable stories about him, man. And, uh, so I haven't, I haven't had the opportunity to meet him. All right. Well, very good. Well, Kyle, uh, we really appreciate your time. Uh, uh, two big home games coming up this week. Uh, we're rooting for you guys to take care of business. And uh, uh, you guys still have everything right in front of you. Still control your own destiny. Uh, and uh, this is still a really, really, really good team. We're excited to see the rest of the season. Big time, man. Let's sell them out. Yep. All right. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Kyle. Good luck. All right, Jason. Uh, wanted to ask you about um, constru new construction of, of a home. What are uh, maybe some of like the pros and cons with that? Yeah, new construction is always a lot of fun to talk about. Uh, it's a challenging endeavor, and people kind of need to be prepared for that. I've got uh, I've got two clients in the middle of it right now, and myself and our family actually just went through over the summertime. So. Uh, we've, we've, uh, not only, uh, we're not only, um, having walked through it, uh, we, we have experienced it personally ourselves. I would say a couple of things. Um, uh, first of all, 
I always use the joke and I say that if you like the new car smell, you should try a new house because it smells incredible when you get a brand new house, obviously. But a couple things to keep in mind as you venture down that path. The first thing is right now, uh, even post pandemic and the sort of the building cycle we're in now, you need time. So if you're in a crunch to buy something, if you need to be in somewhere three months or six months or whatever, a new construction may not be the best bet just because of the unforeseen of what could come up. So you need to have time on your side if you're considering new construction. Uh, secondly, I would tell you that the earlier you can get involved in new construction, uh, usually the more selections that you have a chance to to uh, to do, whether it's countertops or granite or cabinets or paint color, something like that. So usually the builder will have kind of the lanes that you need to stay within. But the earlier you get in the jump in the process, the more opportunity you have then to make selections. And then the last thing I would just say is uh, kind of embrace the chaos and be ready for some randomness because there are just crazy things that are still hitting supply chain issues. I've got um, some folks that are waiting on an exterior electrical panel box. Uh, over the summer, I closed a house, new construction without a garage door. You just don't know where the shortages are going to be right now. But new construction is an incredible endeavor, a lot of fun, uh, very, uh, very exciting and, uh, and a great way to go about it as long as time is on your sides. And, and uh, like I said, I've done a lot of new construction, so I'd be glad to help anybody with those questions. Jason, if someone is not considering new construction and looking at an existing existing house, have you ever had to show a house where you were like, OK, listen, you've got some crazy neighbors um, or, you know, something wild has happened in this house. There is a ghost haunting this house. There was a mass murder in this house. Have you ever had to go through anything like that? Well, technically, we have to be professional and above board. And so one of the interesting things on that, Will, I think because uh, people may not realize this about Virginia as opposed to some other states is Virginia is a um, is a buyer beware state, actually. So you don't have to as a seller, you don't have to disclose anything that's gone on in the house, which is kind of, you know, that plays both sides, buyer and seller. But yeah, you can run into some pretty squirrely scenarios. And sometimes if we really want to chase the uh, chase the bizarre Zillow going wild, we can have a segment on that, too. That'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> Fantastic. Will always coming through with the most interesting questions, the the most interesting interview in Liberty Sports. You got to know. <laughs> got to give him something for sermon material, man. I know how it works. Right. <laughs> always searching. Well, Jason, we appreciate uh, you as always. Uh, uh, thanks for your support. And uh, be at the games this weekend, right? Yes, sir. 100%. Cheering loud. All Don't right, want a coach to stand up and stare at me again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very good. Well, speaking of coach, I got a little bit of clip uh, from uh, his postgame press conference yesterday. I'm going to play a little bit of that, and then me will talk a little bit about uh, the A-Sun before we get to some of our other guests tonight. Was he just one of those nights where the, just the shots just weren't falling and you guys had to find ways to overcome that aspect of the game? It's basketball day, life on the road. It's not easy. Uh, yeah, we, we miss some ones we usually make. We we didn't have the normal substitution pattern. I, we'll check on JV, but uh, – I could just tell when I took him out with 16 to go, he wasn't right. And I wasn't, we got to get evaluated before we can put him back in. I wasn't going to put him in harm's way, but again, let's come around to victory. And, uh, but again, I, I liked our guys response. So we, we, we don't panic. We got a maturity about us. And I think this will be really healthy for us. I, I just think for us, we, uh, we get a chance to put some, we get a chance to first fill the sting of a loss, but we really have a lot of pride in representing Liberty and trying to be the best basketball program that, that we have. So uh, I hope that uh, people can see the group that we have because, man, they're, they're responders. And uh, I, I just think this team is really worth getting behind and continuing to support. Um, we share with our guys before the game, look, 
we don't win the NCAA tournament without going into Lipscomb twice in whatever, 10, 11 days and getting the desired outcome. So, uh, I mean, in order to finish in first in this league, you know, we're going to have to do something hard. We're going to have to protect home court and win on the road. And uh, I just think the more cracks that you get at this, the uh, the better you feel about about it when you're when you're in the 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 moment of it. And again, man, I look. I know I know we want to win, but I'm not I'm not down in the least bit because I think our guys, man, I think they they battled they, they battled through some stuff. I, I don't think I took Darius out in the second half, and I usually try and get him a blow. So, uh, but that's that's what I thought the game dictated, and I'll go back watch the film and. Uh, We'll all be better. What do you know and what can you share about uh, Joseph? I really don't know anything. I didn't ask Aaron because um, I just I felt like we just had to get through it. And I, the way he came off the court, I, I'm just using my judgment there. He's such an important piece to what we do. And, again, we'll never put a kid in harm's way. So we'll, I'll get with Aaron, and I'm sure he'll see the doctor tomorrow, and we'll figure out what's happening there. All right, some interesting uh, post-game uh, reaction from uh, Coach McKay. Like I said, uh, if you watch the the post-game against Austin P, <laughs> Coach was in a much better mood after the Lipscomb loss than the Austin P. So I think that kind of goes with what I was saying earlier. I I think you know maybe the second half of Austin he was maybe more disappointed than the Lipscomb game. It's basketball, Dame. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> with. Uh, Kirby, I'm um, going forward into Conference USA. Would you like to see Liberty kind of keep Lipscomb going on the schedule? Maybe some uh, home and homes, because uh, you know this has been the game to watch for you know a son uh, over the last couple of years. I don't know. I really enjoy the uh, Mid Atlantic Christian tilts. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. It- Honestly, yeah, no, for sure. But any any D one schools that we can get is uh, uh better than than that. No, but I, I do think that'd be, I think it'd be beneficial for both schools. You know, they're not mm-hmm. too far away either. They're, they're pretty close regionally. Yeah, that's a great great point. I definitely like to see it. Uh, I'd like to beat Lipscomb in the A Sun tournament this year. I uh, why not? Hey, <laughs> undefeated yeah, in the A Sun tournament. Keep keep the tradition going. Yeah. All right, well, speaking of the A-Sun, uh, let's get to it here before uh, uh, our guy, uh, Coleman Crawley, is going to be on joining us here in just a few minutes. Here's a quick look at the A-Sun standings. Uh, not a whole lot of movement uh, other than FGCU now out of the picture. That is the uh, uh, the big news. I'm just going to run down a few things, and then I'll get some thoughts <laughs> here from Will. Uh, Kennesaw, they had a wild week. They won in double overtime against Bellarmine. But then they lost by three against EKU to keep them even with Liberty. And, of course, it's all going to come down to that game. We'll talk about it in a minute. EKU is now 8-0 and at home this year. So going with that whole home home in the A-Sun being uh, uh, big. 8-0 uh, at home in the A-Sun. Plus, they also beat UNC Greensboro and Radford at home this year. Both top, 100, uh, top 150 teams in getting pumped. Uh, Stetson has had lost four of five, but they took care of business at home uh, this weekend against uh, North Alabama and Central Arkansas. Lipscomb, they're six and one at home in the A-Sun. Their only loss was their first game of the year to Stetson in overtime. North Florida swept Jacksonville. And then, like we said, Florida Gulf Coast, I just have no idea what to make about them. 
got swept by Central Arkansas and North Alabama at home. They've lost five straight, and poor Austin P has lost eight in a row. Will, any thoughts about the A-Sun? Yeah, Florida Gulf Coast, man, they are uh, falling fast, not even in the tournament. Uh, none of the games yesterday really surprised me uh, in the outcomes. Um, I watched a little bit of uh, Kennesaw uh, after um, the Liberty game and watched um, a little bit of uh, uh, Jacksonville State and Bellarmine as well. Um, watched a little bit of Austin P and Queens. Nothing really surprised me, even the Eastern Kentucky. I mean, you know, it, we've been saying, hey, Liberty, you know, every year they're going to lose – you know, some of these conference games that, you know, maybe you don't expect. Um, and if you go back to even the the team that made it to the NCAA tournament and to the round of 32, you know, they lost some key games going down the stretch. And so you kind of think, well, if Liberty's going to lose some of those games, surely Kennesaw State may lose some of those games as well. So Eastern Kentucky kind of they're feeling it right now, maybe a little bit of a dangerous team going into this final stretch, but you know, at one point we thought, well, hey, Liberty might be pulling away from the pack here, but only two games separate Liberty and Eastern Kentucky now. Yeah, it, we. It seems like it's going to come down to Liberty and Kennesaw. Um, if if somehow EKU did beat Liberty, which I don't, I just don't see Liberty getting swept by EKU. But if somehow <laughs> they did, then you could really get into an interesting like three way tie. If mm-hmm. Liberty then beats Kennesaw and then drop, you know, drops a. That could get kind of interesting. Um, Liberty would win that, though, because they're going to have the highest net ranking. So if it gets to a three-way tie, Liberty's in good shape. So, But, yeah, I don't know. EKU, they're um, – this is just a league where, man, when you get to the tournament time, just pick the home team. <laughs> if you're trying to pick yeah. who wins, pick the home team. This is a, a home-dominated lead outside of maybe Liberty and Kennesaw seem like the only two teams that have uh, had decent success on the road. Yeah, uh, yeah. The and again, a, as you stated earlier, home court advantage is going to be so crucial. Uh, and we know that Liberty Arena is going to be rocking, and you know Liberty does not lose at home much. So, really looking forward to uh, wrapping up one of those home spots. Yeah, and I, if you're watching, I, I, I did make a little graphic here with the home and away splits and. The, the most staggering thing is the three-point shooting on both sides of the ball. So in home games, Liberty shoots 37%. They hold their opponents to 29% shooting. So pretty big gap. On the road, I think this number might be a little bit inflated from some games. I don't think Liberty's going to give up 41% shooting from three if there was more and more and more games and data on the road. But Liberty's getting outshot on the road from three. So it does just kind of, I, I think, show you, I mean, that the the margin for error for Liberty is just so much smaller on the road. So and I, mm-hmm. I can't, can't say it enough. Home court is going to be really, really big uh, in the A-Sun tournament. Uh, let's uh, take a quick look here at where Liberty stands in their, uh, uh, their, their net breakdown. Uh, Northwestern, they keep flip-flopping between quad one and quad two. They're like 57 in the net, I think. So they're they're quad two now. Um, Liberty's still 12-0 and in quad four games, which that may not sound like much, but that's a good stat when you're comparing to 
Um, other similar teams for 12 and 13 seeds when you get to the NCAA tournament. Uh, the Lipscomb loss was a quad three loss. Uh, so, you know, not a great loss, but it, it's not a, a a terrible loss where if you had lost to them at home, it would be a quad four loss, which would, um, you know, I, I would think make the uh, resume a little tougher to have the ceiling of like a 12 seed. So, um Let's take a look here at the upcoming schedule. Um, Will, I feel very confident about these two games this week. I think I think Liberty's going to um I think Liberty's gonna run away with both of them. I, I think they're gonna be focused, they're at home. I feel really good about these two games. What's your thoughts about these two? I do too. I you know, Kyle Road and, and Coach McKay would probably say there is no such thing as a revenge game. I think that Eastern Kentucky game is a little bit about that. Um you know, that was, you know, their first conference loss and was not expected. And uh, they get them at home this time. I think coming off the loss, you know, Richie said ultimately it helps the team. I think it does help the team. I think it compels them against these uh, two games and building confidence going into Kennesaw. Yeah. Yeah, February 16th, that is – boy, that is going to be the, uh, uh, the the game, man. I, uh, I'd I like for that one to be at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it's a tough break. You know, that, that is a tough break for Liberty, just the way the, the schedule worked out. You know, you wouldn't have thought it going into the year. Uh, you know, I thought I thought we were going into a some plays like, oh, Liberty got the break having Florida Gulf Coast be at home. But now I wish kind of uh, I would have rather played that game on the road and had the Kennesaw mm-hmm. game at home. So <laughs> it's it's funny how different you could feel about things at different sets of time. Um, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then the, you got those two Queens games. That's just that's gonna be be really uh, uh weird. Let's go back to the uh, the A Sun tournament. Let's take a look at that. Uh, uh, we're gonna have Coleman Crawley joining us here in about uh, five or six minutes, I believe. So let's take a quick look here at the tournament. Uh, well, I, I tell you, I don't know if I could handpick better the nine and ten Jacksonville North Florida. Those are two teams mm-hmm. I would feel very comfortable about at Liberty Arena. Do you, you kind of with me on that? Oh, yeah. Um, I would rather play either one of those than Bellarmine. Um, I feel like Bellarmine is the type of team, and I don't think Liberty's going to have any trouble with them, but I feel like they um, have a type of team that when it comes out to it, they're just so gritty and, you know, will try to find a way to win. So, yeah, Jacksonville, North Florida, I think, those are good matchups for Liberty at home. Uh, so yeah, I, I like that scenario right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, man, I just, I, I can't, I cannot believe that Florida Gulf Coast is out of this field. Now there's still, what are we still, we still what, six, five games left. Mm-hmm. No, seven, seven games left. I don't know. I can't, I can't keep track, but uh, yeah, I mean, we'll still probably have some movement. Um, Austin P though, they're probably on, on the, uh, the, the danger of, uh, missing the, the tournament that they're, they're only have two wins right now. So they are, um, I mean, I think they're, they're really in trouble. Um, but well, what's your thoughts about, you know, maybe some of these games, I know Queens right now is sitting comfortably at the six, but I kind of hope that they continue to win, uh, in those last two games they're playing against Liberty aren't to get in the tournament because I, I just think that's going to create such a weird dynamic in this conference um, 
you know, having teams that are playing for more, they have more at stake in those last couple games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I don't really, I haven't really formed much of an opinion on Queens other than, Hey, surprise, they're better than maybe we, we thought they would be, you know, Kim Palm is still projecting Liberty to lose one more game. I could see in a back-to-back situation, maybe that being one of the losses, maybe on the road, if it's not Kennesaw state, I feel like if Liberty beats Kennesaw state, then they kind of run through everybody else. But um, except for maybe Queens with that, with that back-to-back and, you know, how do you feel about, you know, every team having some of those back-to-back games like that? I mean, I know it's just kind of the math of the schedule, but yeah, it's it's weird. You know, you would expect most of them to be splits, but there's been several sweeps. Like uh, North Florida sw- swept Jacksonville. That's another team that is has has really underperformed. They're all the way down to the nine seed. Um, they uh, they're at pull their net ranking. They were the they were the biggest uh, drop in net ranking this week. They're all the way down to eighth in, in the net ranking. Uh, that is definitely a team that that I'm just uh, I'm so confused. I'm so you know confused with with how how poorly they play. But again, I wonder if Florida Gulf Coast and Jacksonville, if they can do just enough to get into that A Sun tournament. It's a new season. Like, are are those kind of maybe the dangerous teams? You know, because mm-hmm. they they do have that talent. Um, uh, and they maybe get that fresh start, and hey, we have nothing to lose at this point. Yeah, do you, do you see another Liberty uh, a la 2013? <laughs> um, you know, and I, I just, yeah, I pulled up Florida Gulf Coast, um, their the remaining schedule here, and it does not look very favorable for them to sneak in. Um, uh, their next three games are on the road, North Florida, Jacksonville, and Stetson. Um, and you know, Stetson is better in advertising than they have Stetson back to back, but then they play Lipscomb, um, who's, you know, they're pumped up with, with their big win after Saturday and feeling confident. They close out with Austin P. Um, but their last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, you know, uh, Florida Gulf coast are, um, one in seven in their last eight. So falling quickly for a team that we thought earlier in the year, they would be at the top of the standings. But that is still one team that, hey, if they sneak in and they get that new season, are they going to be one of those teams that could could make a run? Yeah, that's a great great point, uh, Will, on, on Florida Gulf Coast. I was looking at their schedule last night, too. I mean, outside of that Austin P game, well, even Austin P with the way they're playing, but, um, man, those every single game they got, the next five games are all, I feel like they're going to have to play well to win any yeah. of those games. Uh, so... Man, I just I wonder what I just I don't know what's going on there. I I really don't. That team won at USC to start the year. Like, <laughs> how does this happen? Um, yeah, basketball is a crazy game, and uh, yeah, they definitely would be a very interesting team if they are able to um, sneak into the tournament. Um, yeah, and and Kennesaw, um, they're coming up this week. Their back to back game is Jacksonville State feel pretty confident in Kennesaw's ability to come into uh, that Liberty game at home, um, you know, without any more losses than, than what they already have. And they finish out with Queens, North Alabama and central Arkansas. So kind of feel like they got the, uh, maybe the easier schedule at the end of the season. 
Yeah, Kennesaw too. They're um one one thing that's really impressed me with them is is how good of a a, a rebounding team they are. Uh, mm-hmm. They play just a, a very physical brand of basketball. They get a lot a lot of offensive rebounds. Um, and they're Liberty's gonna have a tough game with that. I I I, I know we feel confident, and I, I do feel confident. Um, but man, that game is just gonna be. It's going to be uh, uh, really tough for sure. All right. Well, let's. Uh, we're going to take a quick uh, break. We're going to have a quick word from Ironclad Coffee, and we'll be back here in just a moment. Virginia's best and most flames friendly coffee comes from Ironclad Coffee Roasters. Ironclad Roasters serves up their beautiful beans at two cafes in Richmond, but you can enjoy their crafted roasted specialty beans from anywhere in the country by visiting www.ironcladcoffee.com. Place your order there, and it'll be roasted to your order and shipped out directly to your doorstep. Whenever you find yourself in the Commonwealth, pay them a visit at their two cafes in the Richmond area. Ironclad's owners, the O'Rourke family, are proud Flames Club members and are pleased to sponsor these podcasts by Sea Red. Hop on over to their website at www.ironcladcoffee.com now to get Virginia's best specialty coffee headed your way. Coleman Crawley. Coleman, what's up, my man? Hey, guys. How's it going? Thank you all very much for having me. Can you hear me fine? Yeah, we can We can hear you good. Uh, you Perfect. just came from Houston Temple, right? Yes, I did. Just got out of there. What what side were you on in this one? I was on Houston uh, minus 11. So basically every game I've gone to of late, First half, second half, entirely different basketball games. So I knew when we were down four at halftime, I was in good shape. I I tailed you on that today. So uh, good, yeah, good, yeah, good, good for you. Good, good looking out. Uh, so Coleman, tell us a little bit about this crazy journey that you're on. It's been so cool to follow, and uh, uh, tell us about what you've been up to. Absolutely, crazy is the perfect word for it. So um, I have set out on a journey to find Cinderella before the ball. I'll be attending a Liberty game Saturday. Liberty very well could be one of those Cinderella's. But um, I got the idea from last year, St. Peter's. They made the run to the Elite Eight. Someone posted a link to um, every school in Division One their average attendance numbers. And so I got to sorting through those in the offseason and was stunned by how many programs didn't average 1,000 people in attendance. St. Peter's was one of those that didn't average 526 people. They make the Elite Eight. Syracuse averaged 17,000 people. They don't even make the NCAA tournament. So I knew there was a high level of, of talent on display that wasn't being showcased until mid-late March when they win a couple big games in the tournament, right? Um, and so I wanted to fix that, draw light, or draw some coverage at least to these small and mid-majors before they get hot. So what's on the schedule after Liberty? Are you go- sticking around to some more Virginia teams? Are you going to up to Radford or over to Longwood or what's the plan? I'm trying to think of what I had after Liberty. I, I can't remember what my schedule is for the 12th, but I've tweeted it out. It's on my Twitter. Um, okay. I can't remember what my plan is. For you would, going after UNC, UNC Greensboro. Boom. That's okay. where I'm at. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, That'll be a good one. Yeah. Wofford. Let me see if I can pull this up. Uh, we'll ask another question while I try to do this. <laughs> so so as you were in the offseason looking at all these attendants and, as you said, looking for the next Cinderella, how long of a process is that? I mean, are you just spending all summer combing through these numbers? or 
Um, you know, honestly, it was pretty easy data to just copy, paste, and sort. Um, but yeah, the 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 hardest part I would say of my preparation of my binder was the atlas that I made for myself. So every day from the 28th until Selection Sunday, um, I highlighted on an atlas map um, a yellow dot on every city that a game was being played for that day. So Thursday, Saturdays, it's very easy to find a game, right? But yeah. Monday, Fridays, Sundays, that's a little bit more difficult. And so I knew I would have to be heading in the right direction of where games are being played Friday, Monday, in order to not miss any games, I was going to try to get to um, a game every single day if possible. So that's kind of why I've been in the Northeast for so much of January, mm -hmm. but going to try to get to the Midwest South a little bit um, in February. So you you quit your job to do this. Tell us about that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. My uh, boss looked at me crazy when I told him in late December, just before Christmas, about this insane idea that I have, but I think he saw the passion in my voice and my face uh, that I was absolutely going to pursue it. He was gracious enough to give me three weeks, basically a vacation to where if I get out there and it's not picking up any traction, I could come back and be like, hey boss, I, I plan on still working here as long as I was committed. Um, but got enough traction in those three weeks to where I was like, okay, I hope I can land something full-time in this by March. Um, so decided to keep pursuing it. <laughs> nice. So, uh, funny story when I was a kid and I would go over to my grandma's house, I was so bored, nothing to do. I would look through her newspapers and look at the scores of not just, you know, I grew up in North Carolina, so not just like the ACC teams, but I would look at mid major teams, like teams I had never heard of Liberty being one of those back in the day. <laughs> yeah. And I would sit there and be like, okay, um, based off of records, um, based off of scores, and I would I would draw out my own bracketology. Were you a nerd kid like that, like like I was, or no, absolutely was a nerd with numbers? Um, with and you combine numbers, gambling spreads, right, with my competitiveness, and it was a match made in heaven. Uh, maybe for Vegas, I guess it's heaven, but not for me this year. Um, so yeah, I was without a doubt a nerd like that to where I was grinding through newspapers and, and things of that nature. Just anything I could do to watch more college basketball or at least see the status of the standings, right? So Coleman, what's uh, maybe one of the, the the cooler atmospheres that you've been to so far? Maybe, maybe one that, that you wouldn't think. I know you've been up in my neck of the woods up here in uh, Mac country. Uh, uh, what, what's one you've been to that's been really cool? Um, I would definitely say Dayton was the best. That's probably one that you would expect, though. VCU was second best. One that you might not expect, North Carolina A&T. HBCU in Greensboro. Watch them play Towson. Towson, I think, is absolutely a Cinderella candidate, even with Charleston in that conference. It was an incredible atmosphere. Sold out pack it's basically a party between every tv timeout and halftime um at least at north carolina a and t and so that made all two hours a blast not just what i was watching on the floor north carolina a and t was a awesome experience actually uh saw north carolina a and t play liberty in dayton back in 2013 yeah they have they've got a what? great they got a great band it was in the first four yeah yeah 
No, Dayton, God, they absolutely deserve that first four, the way that town supports basketball. Yeah, they're really cool with that that whole event. They 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 it's always packed out because I mean, look, it's like two days after the selection show. You're not gonna get that many fans. I know like St. Mary's was one of the team playing. Matthew Delavadova was playing <laughs> at one of the games. And like how many fans from St. Mary's are gonna be able to travel across the country in two days? But now the whole place was packed out. It was uh uh it was really cool. Uh Coma, what do you know about uh Liberty and and, and Darius McGee? Oh, I know Richie McKay has done an incredible job with this program over the last half decade. I mean, you all have basically been running the A-Sun. Um, you know, when you got a player like Adarius McGee that averages 20 a game, right, that just puts so much pressure on a defense. And, you know, it's a matchup that you're probably not wanting to draw if you're that four seed, five seed, right, waiting on selection Sunday because you may not have the best player on the floor. And if Darius just goes off that night is better than you are, even with great defense, it might be enough to knock you off, send you home early. So I have been following Liberty over the last few years um, and and got the utmost respect for what Coach McKay is doing. Yeah. Coleman, when you go to these um, to these games, do you get to spend much time in the city um, or is it just next flight out? Got to go. Uh, or do you, or, you know, get in your car and go, um, or do you get to, like a chance to kind of visit the campus and, and meet some of the, the people and things like that? Um, at some places, I have been able to visit the campus, meet some people. East Tennessee State um, gave me an incredible experience and tour around their beautiful campus in Johnson City. But for the most part, I'm having to get back to my hotel to either edit my content, plan my future days. Um, like right now for tomorrow, I need to be putting out bracketology. Um, so I'll be deep diving into that to where I'm spending so much time on what's next or what's right there in front of me that I'm not getting a lot of time to spend in these cities or on these campuses. Would love for that to change a little bit if I was able to do this in a full-time capacity and get other aspects that maybe people that aren't even interested in college basketball would be interested in. You went to two games in in one on a Friday night the other day, didn't you? Uh, Cleveland State and Akron. Yeah, uh, Kent State Buffalo. So yeah, that was just about a forty five minute drive. Able to get over there for the second half, but when geographically it's possible, I try to get every doubleheader I can. Nice. What's the uh, what's the smallest crowd you've been to so far? Smallest crowd. Um, Gosh, there was a game going to that in 500 people. I'm trying to remember what that game was. Um, but the Patriot, oh, the NEC, Wagner. The NEC broke him. Yep, Wagner uh, did the job. <laughs> okay, my back. He's back. He's You're back. back. Sorry about that. You were just yeah. talking about how awful Wagner is. <laughs> yeah, yeah their gym. It looks like your third grade nephew is about to be going out there. <laughs> oh, it's a Division One basketball team in Wagner. Has a legit shot to win the NCAA tournament, maybe punch a bid. I couldn't believe what that venue looked like. But, yeah, I think the attendance numbers were 479. And some of these, when I look at the attendance numbers afterwards that I've been to, I'm like, there weren't 800 people in that gym. I was at Coppin State the other day, and they posted that there were somewhere around 800. No way. There was no way. So <laughs> the MEAC, the NEC, the Patriot League, those have been specific leagues that I've seen really poor attendance in. <laughs> Well, in that same vein, is there 
an arena or a crowd that you've been around that you thought going into it, like, oh, this is going to be a terrible experience and it turned out better than you thought it would be? Um, You know, I'm pretty fired up going into any gym just for um, the newness of it and just the potential of what's going to happen in this game, what's going to happen today. That's what's so exciting about this journey is each day just presents its new opportunity. So I haven't really approached any, I guess, with kind of a negative outlook going in. Um, so, so no, I, I, I don't think I got an answer for you there. Sorry. <laughs> hey, I, hey, but if you got money on a, on a NEC game, it, it beats Duke, North Carolina. If you got something at stake in it. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Cole, before we get you out of here, give us uh give us a tip because you are at sharp shot select. So give us, give us some, uh, give us maybe a peek behind the curtain at what you look at when you were, uh, 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 finding your best bets of the, uh, the day or the week. Yeah, absolutely. This is just the philosophy I have. Um, and I, I put in some work to develop this philosophy, but it makes me look like I'm kind of a square when I bet because I take almost exclusively favorites. That's changed a little bit since I've been, um, with shot quality, they've got some, great analytics that has me taking a few more dogs. But I did a study over the last four years of the top two teams in each conference at the end of the year and the bottom two teams in each conference, how they would do against the spread. And each year consistently, they hit at about a 55 to a 58% clip. Now, obviously, it's difficult sometimes to pick who those top two would be or those bottom two would be at the end of the year. Sometimes it's obvious in some conferences. But that's just the philosophy I have where ride the best, fade the worst, and you should be half decent with that at worst. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, I'm going to put up here one more time kind of where you're at. Uh, Liberty fans, uh, make sure you go up and say hi to Coleman when he's there. Maybe you can get on one of his videos, just pumping out some really cool content. I think it is so cool what you're doing yeah um um and uh yeah best of luck to you the rest of the way uh shout out where everyone could find all your stuff and follow you on this journey yeah absolutely on twitter and tiktok it's at sharpshot select that's where i post my picks as well as posting footage of the games that i attend reviews of those games in the arena um that's where you can find me all right fantastic well thanks so much coleman really appreciate your time and uh We'll look forward to following you along. All right. We're going to keep the gambling content going. Uh, We'll bring on Richie Longshots here again. Richie Longshot. Man, this is, uh, wow, this is a real gambling episode. This is, uh, this might, this might, we have to, uh, I have to ask forgiveness after this one. Oh, probably. Um, How great was Coleman last segment? That was awesome. You know, the fact that he is going to be in attendance on Saturday. I'm going to be there as well. Uh, sold out, just awesome environment. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm fully fired up, gassed up, ready to, ready to roll. Richie Longshots, Coleman Coleman in the same venue. If that's not an electric factory, I don't know what's not. I'm going to go ask the wife if I can go bolt down to Lynchburg this weekend. Uh, yeah, it's not happening, but, uh, uh yeah that's 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 gonna be fun you guys enjoy that um take lots of picks for us uh us uh, folks at home all right 
Let's jump into our picks of the week. Will's going to rejoin us here in a minute. Um, here's what we got. Let's jump into it. Texas at Kansas. Uh, long shots. You are the only one taking the Longhorns on the road. Kansas, I don't really know what to make of them. I just, I'm not picking against Kansas only three points at home. It's the same, you know, Texas unpredictable team, Kansas unpredictable team, Texas four and one in their last five, uh, Kansas, they are six and 12 this year as favorites against spread. So, um, I don't love this game, but I'm just going to play the numbers and, and Texas in this situation, there was a game last week. Uh, we'd have to go look where I was the standalone, uh, picking different from everyone else. And, uh, I nailed it. Ho- hopefully I can, uh, catch the same lighting in a bottle with this Texas game, but I, I just, it's a, it's a, it's a fade Kansas situation. They were awful awful against Iowa State on uh last night and I don't know they're they're bad they're they're not as good as their ranking says they are in my opinion at least yeah if you notice my picks I'm just I'm going all home teams I think I only picked one road road team this this whole week I'm just it it seems like I don't know maybe it's just the a sun that's kind of blurred my vision it just feels like Teams just aren't winning on the road or even covering on the road. Just seems like it's it's a near um, impossible feat. All right, I'm in that same vein. I know UConn's played like poop the last month. Uh, I know Marquette's been playing really well, but I mean, I'm only only getting f- only four points. I, I'm still going to take UConn. They still got great computer metrics. I'm going to instantly regret it, but I'm I'm taking the Huskies. Yeah, I, I, I've been in a fade UConn mode all season. The, the last few weeks, we've uh, we've had UConn on our cards, and I've just been against them. Uh, UConn four, uh, UConn not UConn, Marquette four and one um, in their last five against the spread, eight and two in the last ten. Uh, UConn three and three, uh, three and seven in their last ten against the spread. So uh, it's one of those. I'm not going to pretend to be a big Marquette guy. This is more of a fade UConn situation type game. Yeah. Uh, UConn sixth in Ken Palm, Marquette eighth. So this is a heck of a matchup. Uh, uh, The numbers say this is a better matchup than Texas-Kansas. I know it's hard for people to wrap their brains around, but so the numbers say. All right. uh, We're all on West Virginia minus three. So bet your mortgage on Iowa State. Hammer Iowa State. Amber, Hammer them. whatever Hammer the, whatever that line is, go money line. You know we'll pro- they'll probably yep. win outright. So yeah, no more discussing that. That's a done deal. Uh, we completely split on this. Um, I went with Queens at home. I, I just EKU is hot, but they are not the same team on the road. Uh, and I, Queens has been a good team at home. I agree. This was a very tough game to go with. Um, I'm I'm an EKU guy, sneaky EKU guy. I don't know what it is. I I, I think I believe in them more than the numbers say. Uh, they are six and four in their last ten against the spread, and just Queens. I, I just something about them doesn't move the needle anymore. Early in the season, I was big on Queens, but right now, n- not a big fan. Uh, also, want to say shout out to to you, Nick, for picking games. 
uh, every day of the week, not just. Did I? Did I get it this week? Pretty. Yeah, you did a great job. Uh, this past week, it was just all the games Thursday, all the games Saturday. We have a Monday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. So it's good to have a nice uh, spread out slate, not just uh, you know focused in on on, on uh, two days. So very happy that that we we're gonna have a, just a random Wednesday game, a random Tuesday game, some some Thursday A Sun games, obviously, and then Saturday games to go along with it. Well, I want to bring you in on this because I just had a thought kind of pop in. EKU feels like a team that's not built for a conference tournament with their style. I don't know if there's any actual data to back that up, but I feel like teams that that play a faster tempo when you get into these tournament games where every possession is so valuable, you, you kind of want to slow it down. I, I wonder, they, they kind of remind me of some of those VMI teams that they actually did slow it down in, in the tournaments. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, it, well, I'm not going back to that, but uh but I don't know. Do you kind of think this is maybe a team that's that that might not be built for a conference tournament? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I think I do think that when you're playing kind of up tempo, you do run the risk of um, with nerves in a in a tournament, uh, making more unforced errors and turnovers. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of with Richie here. Like I, I maybe I believe in them a little bit more than maybe what the numbers say, but I, I still go back to the end of the day um, experience and big games. I think Liberty has that over everybody in the conference tournament right now. So um, I would just lean on that a little bit more. Right into that, that same vein is our next game. The only road road team that I picked this week, Stetson plus one, we're all across the board on this. So hammer Jacksonville. Um, but, Stetson, on the other hand, I think is a sneaky team in the A-Sun tournament because they're an elite offensive team, but they play very slow. So when you're they're they're like a game with Liberty, there's not a lot of possessions. Um, so if Liberty's, you know, cold shooting, you're not gonna get a, a lot of shots. There's just gonna be and, and the fewer shots, the more you know, variance and randomness you can see. So I, I think Stetson is is one of those teams that I could I could see getting to like a conference tournament final. I would not be shocked if if they did make a run just because they're, I think their style really will help them in the tournament. But I, I agree. Just watching Stetson, um, they have a great offense. Like you said, efficiently um, at home. I think they're a little bit better, but uh, they are 14 and seven against the spread this year, which is, has to be one of the best numbers in the country. Uh, Jacksonville eight and 12, this year against the spread. So I think this is the, the fact that this is a, a one point spread is crazy to me. Probably my pick of the week. Yeah. I mean, that sentence, but I like it, them. Well, some of that is going to be where Stetson and Jacksonville started in Ken Palm. Like they, like Jacksonville obviously started way higher than they were. Stetson started way lower than they were. So it, they also could be some overcorrection here coming up, uh, which we, uh, we see a lot in this, but yeah, says it's eighth in the country in three point percentage, man, eighth in the country. When you are slowing the game down, that, that is a scary team. That's not a North Florida, just, you know, shooting everything up and yeah, whatever. I'm telling you, Stetson, they're a dangerous team. All right. Uh, Florida Gulf coast at North Florida, Richie long shots, taking 
Dunk City, five straight losses. I I, I don't even want to touch them. I, I want nothing to do with that team. I hate it. I hate everything about this game. I hate the fact that I took Dunk City. I hate Florida Gulf Coast. There's, I have no stats to back up the pick. If anything, I have stats to fade my pick. Uh, UNF, they're 6-1 and one, uh, against the spread at home in conference play. I they Do not take this game. This is an ugly game. I have no idea. What, it's just ugly. Don't. Uh, uh. I hate it. I faded myself in this game. All right, and then uh, Bellarmine at Liberty. This actually has moved in Kim Palm to 17, but when we made the picks, it was 16. Somehow, I made these picks at, or put these picks together at 11.50. All the A-Sun games were complete in Kim Palm, and the next morning, it moved to 17. So, I don't know, but it is 16 for our records. I think Liberty beats the Daylights out of Bellarmine. I just think they're so much better than them. This game's at home. They're coming off a loss. Uh I think this could be a 30-point win. I'll say it. A lot of points. Yeah, a lot of points. Bellarmine I, I, I said before Coleman, I watched what happened last week when they just they had that 20-point lead and just slowly the walk-ons didn't understand the assignment. And I hope I'm wrong, and I'm going to contradict myself in about three minutes when we talk about the, the, the last game on the slate, but just too many points. Bellarmine lost at home by by seventeen to Lipscomb just yeah. recently. I just that yeah, I don't know. That team's not. I don't know. On the road, we'll see. All right, Alabama at Auburn went with the home team. Uh, this is probably another one of those games where they're Auburn's down twenty five at halftime, and I'm like, what was I doing? <laughs> but I just I, I I I have a gut feeling to go with the home teams. Uh, long shots. Tell me how dumb I am. Um, I don't think you're dumb. Anytime you have a rivalry game and, and you're going to catch, you're going to get two points at home. I get it. I am. I've been a believer in, in, in Bama all year. Uh, Nate Oates, awesome coach, uh, top 10 team. I just, I, I can't go against Bama at this point. So, um, I'm in on them, but, I get it. It makes sense. Auburn needs this more too. So that's yes. kind of also where my head yes. is. But... A ro- rivalry game at home. If it, if it, if this was not Alabama, I'd be, I'd be on the same page as you. Uh, I will say that. All right. Baylor at TCU. This was a, this was a tough one. I, I like Baylor at TCU's kind of, I feel like maybe a little bit overrated, but again, I'm only, only only three points at home. It's just yeah, home teams in the Big Twelve. I don't know what the numbers are on that, but I feel like the home teams in the Big Twelve have to be doing very very well. I I think it comes back to the fact that uh, as we I think we mentioned last week that there's so much parity in college basketball right now, and if you give me a team like Baylor that at the beginning of the year they were a top five, te- they were the number one team in the country to start the year, right? I think, one, they were number, two. I think they were number one in Ken Palm. Ken, but yeah, North, like North, they, North Carolina was number one, and that was obviously not accurate. We're, we're not going there. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, Baylor's all the talent in the world. Um, they are seven and seven and three straight up in their last 10 games. 
and they're catching three points against a TCU team that I f- don't fully believe in. So um, give, give, give me Baylor in this uh, Texas biblical rivalry game. Right? It's a, it's a biblical game, right, Doc? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Christian uh, institutions. Here. Yeah. Technically, yeah. On, on paper, they're Christian, on Christian paper. Uh, colleges, but no, I'm just. All right. All right. Uh, Baylor was number six in Ken Palm to begin the year. So I don't know where we both got that from. They were the first game of the year. I do remember that. I remember we were all. Uh, I remember I uh, started the year off poorly built in the Delta. They were playing Delta Devils. The Delta Devils. <laughs> <laughs> you never forget when you get bit by yeah. the Delta Devils. All right. Uh, this is a game that uh, I know might pique a little bit of your interest. Rutgers at Illinois. You are taking the Scarlet Knights going into Champaign. Hoorah, hoorah, Rutgers rock, upstream, red team, red team, upstream, rock, rock, Rutgers rock. Yes, I'm a Rutgers alumni as well as a Liberty alumni. I did not make any research into this game. I saw that you finally put Rutgers on the card and I went, Rutgers it is. Do I love the fact that Chad also took Rutgers? No, terrible. I saw that. I went, this is bad news. This I uh, it's it's bad because in the state of New Jersey I cannot bet on New Jersey colleges and universities. Um, if I could, I would be fading Chad and betting my actual money on Illinois because Chad, look at the numbers. Numbers a lot. Isn't the entire state of New Jersey like ten feet? Like, can't you just go drive to Pennsylvania? <laughs> I could. It's about forty-five minutes. Um, probably not worth it. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's it's going to be very interesting when 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 Rutgers. Uh, it was actually very funny when um, St. Peter's went on the run they did last year, and the state was just bleeding money, not taking their bets in March Madness. So uh, we'll see what happens one day. I know you're able to bet on Ohio colleges. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you Preposterous. Can bet. I. It's preposterous. I can't do it in Jersey. But. You can't. You, the only thing you can't bet on in Ohio is you can't do like prize picks. So I, I guess like that's their that's the line is uh, we're not gonna let we're not gonna let a, a, a you bet Johnny's gonna score ten points because he's gonna he's gonna blow it on purpose. And, and, that, that yeah, that's the line in the sand. No, I I have no zero written next to to the game. You put Rutgers on the card. I'm taking Rutgers. Not gonna lie, the people. I like when I saw that. I I thought, hey, I might be able to bait a win here, so I put it on. Yeah, that's the it's, that's a sneaky good chance to take a win from me. Just I'm not gonna Rutgers. lie. I thought Richie was holding up a piece of cheese there for a second. This is my yeah. orange post-it notes. There you go. Yeah. Okay. You 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 put Rutgers or Fairleigh Dickinson on the card. When you can <laughs> fade me, that's your that's your shot right there to pick up a game next week. Four games with uh, Rutgers and, and Fairly tickets <laughs> yeah. again. Get, get us back in this. Or whoever is in the NEC. <laughs> Only the road games, though. Only the road games. Yes, yeah, that, that, that's how we get back in this. All right, and then uh, John Manson, what are you doing? 
going against the Flames with Coleman and Richie in the building. I mean, this is a revenge game for Liberty. Uh, I think it's another. I, I think Liberty rolls this week. I really do. I think. I think they're going to. Uh, Liberty at home has been a wagon. I don't. I I I said that I'm going to contradict myself um, earlier uh, that I liked EKU, but I'm going to be in attendance. My first time in Liberty Arena. The last time I was at a Liberty basketball game was the A Sun Championship game a week before COVID struck. Struck whatever. Uh, and I'm excited to to be back in Lynchburg. First time in three years. I don't know if they cover the spread, but what am I going to what am I going to go to the game and 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 root for Eastern Kentucky? Absolutely not. So. This you could have put twenty seven minus twenty seven. Give me liberty. Didn't make a difference. Didn't matter. Didn't care. Give me liberty in this game. Going to be in attendance. Uh, whatever it is. Also going to whatever it is. Bet the over as well. Uh, this is a blind bet. Celebrate and look for me on ESPN Plus. Liberty minus fourteen. Liberty minus twenty eight. Doesn't matter. Bet the Liberty team over in this game. Yeah, that that's the play. Eastern Kentucky yeah. with their tempo, Liberty's going to run wild in this game. I think that that would be the best play if you're looking for a uh, an actual wager in this game. What's uh, the uh, what's the restaurant scenarios for you uh, in Lynchburg over that the weekend? It's a great question. I uh, rearranged my schedule. I was going to come down uh, Friday night, but I'm going to be swinging up. Uh, a little bit earlier, catch a tennis matchup against Clemson. Uh, Going to do a little cookout after the game. Okay. Remember, I'm in New Jersey, so I yep. don't get access to, to all of these chain restaurants that, that, that the Southerners do. So it's going to be a little cookout Friday night, I think. Saturday morning, obviously, Bojangles. Biggest Bojangles guy in the obviously. world. Uh, lunch, Osaka's best, best sauce. In the game, Osaka's pre-basketball game dinner. Back to Bojangles, I think. Rest in peace. <laughs> Taste of Philly. Uh, I'm going to probably swing back to, to Bo's. Um, and then post-basketball game, Chili's. Probably, is there a Chick-fil-A in Liberty Arena? I've never actually been in Liberty Arena, so couldn't tell Probably, you. right? Chad! Yeah. Chad, Chad's in the Chad says no. It's got to yeah. be a Chick Fil A in Liberty Arena, right? That feels sacrilegious. Chad's saying no. I can't no. Believe. What a missed opportunity. What, what is going on? This hosh posh. Um, that's very disappointing. But let's see here and over there. We'll make it work. Uh, and then Sunday morning, probably Bojangles for for breakfast again. So uh, oh. stick with what you know. Stick with what you love. That's that's my plan, but I'm, I'm 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 open to to any and all suggestions. Uh, there's Lynchburg has grown so much in the last ten years, um, and if there's new places that have opened up, uh, I'm interested in hearing about it. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, introduce me. The doctor introduced me to Bojangles. Uh, I helped him lose his Bojinity. Yeah. I, oh. Yeah. That's, that's another story for another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, 
Hey, closest Bojangles. How, what's the closest Bojangles to you? Closest to me is like seven hours away. Pro- oh. Probably the same. So sorry. Maybe Maryland. Probably it's probably some somewhere in Maryland. Four four hours, five hours. Oh oh, I'm on the yeah, map. You got one. There's Reading, Reading, Pennsylvania. Oh, it makes sense. All right. Um, they are opening uh, some Bojangles up in North Jersey. So once those get finalized, it's going to be about an hour and a half, two hour trip. It's a whole nother ball game. But uh, and, until they have finalized that, I'm I'm without a Bose. Well, I will tell you, I don't know when the last time you went to a Bojangles is, but they do not make bow sauce anymore, which is oh, I know, I was tragedy, livid, livid. Yeah, yeah. I was at the the Liberty Wake Forest football game. Oh yeah, yeah. When I when I landed, I took an Uber straight to a Bojangles. I was like, uh, Bowberry biscuit, uh, Cajun play biscuit combo, seasoned fries, and bow sauce. And they went, we don't do the bow sauce anymore. I distraught. Tragedy has struck. Well. Richie Longshots, we hope that you enjoy your trip to Lynchburg to see the highest-rated Liberty basketball team in history and Ken Palm and in the net. Uh, hope you have a great time. Uh, and we're going to wrap the show up here unless you guys, either one of you guys got anything else? No. We touched Thanks. on. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, again, uh, we will be back uh, Monday night next week because we are not going to go head-to-head with the Super Bowl. Uh, I was advised against that. I wanted to take it on, um, but uh, our advisor said no. So we'll be on Monday night next week. Look forward to that. Again, if you aren't subscribed to See Red on YouTube, just do it. Come on, what are you doing? And hit that like button while you're there. And then the See Red podcast also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So subscribe, five-star review, all that kind of fun stuff. Well, thanks to all of our great guests tonight. Thanks to Kyle. Thanks to Jason Porter Real Estate. Thanks to Ironclad Coffee. Uh, Thanks to Mr. Cauley. Thanks to Will Matthews and Richie Longshots. Uh, My name is Nick. Have a great night, everyone.